Welcome to episode 20 of the Gambots podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing Aquaman, Bumblebee, uh, some movies that I've watched over Christmas break here, The finally the review of the Spyro Reignited trilogy, and we're going to go over some of the biggest games that are supposed to be coming out in 2019. And finally, we'll be finishing with the Amazon review game. But first, Christian, you saw Aquaman over the past couple weeks. What did you think of it? Yeah, I went in not really sure what to expect. It was uh, – I, I was not sold on the trailers. I know you said you hadn't really watched any of the trailers. I was not super sold on it. But it, it surprised me. I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, so, Mike, I, I have not seen very many trailers for this. I actually went to see this yesterday in the movie theater, but yeah, the but the speakers broke during the previews, and so we sat there for 20 minutes, and then while we were exiting, uh, they, they gave you, like, a free pass or something, and you work in a movie theater. I'm sure you've had to deal with this before, right? Oh, my, yes. And so as we were leaving, me and my friend who I went to see it with, to see this couple just freaking out. I think it's grandparents with their grandson. They're yelling at this poor college kid about how, you know, they wasted their time coming here and they demand that their concessions be refunded, ignoring the fact that they had eaten all their concessions at this point already. And then the one guy's yelling about how he knows the owner personally and he's going to call him. And then like five minutes later, we see him yelling at his phone. He's like, call UEC theaters. So it's just going to call the same place. (laughs) Uh, And they're just making such a big stink. Like we felt bad for the workers. Like the dude running it, this was uh, like one o'clock on a Saturday. I'm sure the big manager and stuff wasn't there. Like the dude running, it could not give them 50 bucks or whatever and free, free food back. Like it was it was clearly beyond his pay grade, and I felt so bad for the guy. Yeah, I definitely know the feeling. Uh, I remember, I believe it was, yeah, Force Awakens. We had the we had a power failure, like a transformer blew down the block, and the power went out to the whole building with, I think, 10 minutes left in Force Awakens. People Ooh. were not happy. And I get it. It's really unfortunate, but, I mean, life happens sometimes. Like, people just need to learn to deal with it better. Yeah, like it's I I mean God knows I love movies more than I should and even I'm saying like guys it's it's a movie like chill. Yeah. My favorite was also the lady uh in this was yelling about how they should have known that this was going to happen because last week she came and the sound during the previews didn't play either and that they knew it was broken or something and I was sitting there thinking like have you seen Aquaman two weeks in a row because otherwise why would you be you know week she's complaining because her grandson didn't get to hear the previews last week oh yeah. sorry my tangent on my my feelings of Aquaman uh, so you thought hey, man if, if, if we're gonna do a whole segment on like staff versus customers at a movie theater I've got enough to fill a whole like a whole series of podcasts unto itself. <laughs> we should do that sometime. Uh, but back then. <laughs> All right. So you you think it's a really fun movie. How did Jason Momoa do in it? He was good. Like he was goofy. I, I like, I don't know how much I like him as an actor, like just as a straight up actor. I like him as a, a person and I love how he like fully embraces these characters. So even just, like watching him in like Comic Con and stuff like that, I, and he 
came out during the Aquaman premiere and did that big like traditional dance. That was pretty cool to see. So he gets like he's fully into this character and it shows in his performance. It's he's he's just real fun to watch in this role. Uh, what about the uh, rest of the cast? They were all pretty good. There were some odd choices. Like I, I didn't know the full cast. Like I knew Jason Momoa, obviously, and I knew Amber Heard, but I didn't really know anyone else that was in it. Not to say they're unknown, just that I wasn't aware they were in it. Like Dolph Lundgren was one of the like kind of antagonists. So that yeah. was an interesting choice. Is Willem Dafoe also in it? Yeah, Willem Dafoe is, is like a, a supporting character. The main antagonist is Patrick Wilson, who shocked me, despite the fact that they show him multiple times in the trailer. I just, I guess, didn't pay close enough attention or it didn't really look like him in the scenes that they showed. But he started talking like, that's Patrick Wilson. What is he doing in this movie? And, and last but not least, there was a completely random like voiceover-only cameo by Julie Andrews. Really? Mary Poppins herself. What is she? What is she in this? Like, what does she voice over? Like a fish or something? She, she voices like a giant sea monster. That's so weird. Oh, also two completely CG characters, because uh, so the underwater world in this movie is split into like five factions, and Patrick Patrick Wilson is in charge of the Atlanteans. So he's in charge of like Aquaman's actual. I guess tribe you would call them, but there's others. And so one of them is like mer people, like legitimate. They're like half fish people. And the leader of them is voiced by Demon Honsu from guardians of the galaxy and blood diamond. He has a very recognizable voice and the leader of the people who all look like crabs is John Rice Davies. No, no, you're telling me that there's crab people in this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. An enormous battle with a whole bunch of them. Wow. Yeah, it's real up and down. And th- this is what I was saying to people who were who asking me my real review. Like, it was real up and down. I swung violently back and forth between I love this movie and I hate this movie. It was really, like, scene by scene. Like I said, Jason Momoa was great. His relationship with Amber Heard was fun. The, the CG was beautiful, especially in 3D and the underwater scenes. It was really, really cool. But the writing seemed a little not perfect. <laughs> yeah, some of it just didn't seem organic. A lot of the dialogue was just kind of dumb. And so the, I, I know there were things that were said that I was like, Ugh, I'm, I'm, I'm off board again. But then they would show a, a cool underwater battle and I'd be back in. Man, that's uh, see, like hearing you say it's your up and down and hearing about the crab people, mer people. I just have no idea how they're going to do Aquaman. I don't pay Aquaman that much attention in comics or anything. Uh, so it's just like one of those movies where I just kind of want to speak because it's such a weird premise for me uh, for me for a movie. But how how was the underwater scenes? I feel like they would get tiresome after a while, or were they good? Well, only about half the movie takes place underwater, so you didn't like it. Didn't really get too too bad. The giant battle at the end was intense and not necessarily in a good way a lot of things you kind of get lost in it in certain points because it's huge it's like it's not like two people fighting it's like two full armies and they're all underwater and they have like lasers and stuff it was a little odd but 
when they were just showcasing like their CG ability, when they're like they're going through Atlantis for the first time in that little submarine, and there's everything's lit up and there's fish floating around and and you're zooming past everything, it was really really cool. I was super into it. But yeah, when when they went just full out during that battle at the end, it was a bit much. So I'm hoping to see this later. Uh, anything else really interesting or really bad about this movie you want to let our audience know about? Not particularly. I will say it's got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I would say is pretty fair. It's It also made $260 million, uh, domestically, but it's set to... Uh, top 900 million this weekend like uh, the the final numbers for the weekend aren't in but the projection looks like it's going to be 940 million globally after this weekend so it's yeah. making a ton of money internationally yeah i saw that um I, I believe it's actually going to make more than batman versus superman did for them which is one of, you know one of their higher grossing pictures well i hope so because it was definitely better than that nightmare yeah uh so i, I before I forget, how did James Wan do as a director? I really liked his take on Fast and the Furious, and I know you like his uh, horror movies. He does The Conjuring or something, right? Yeah, we had talked uh, a few uh, a few episodes back about his his kind of real varied portfolio of films that he's worked on, and that this was going to be something new for him. I, I think he did well. I wouldn't mind seeing more from him in really any genre, but superheroes as well. I, I hope they keep him on. Cool. All right. Also, these past couple weeks, you've seen Bumblebee. Now, Bumblebee is a surprise of a movie for me. I barely saw anything about this, and then when it was, when I saw it was actually a thing, I was really surprised. For a Transformers movie, it seems like it came a bit under the radar because the other ones always come out on like Fourth of July. How is Bumblebee? It is really good. When I saw the preview for this, when I saw that this this was what they had announced, I groaned. I was so done with Transformers after the fifth one. The fifth one was laughably bad. Like, I could not believe how bad it was. And in the fifth one, they introduced the concept that Bumblebee has been here since World War I and, like, helped people fight the Germans in World War One, which made less than no sense. Yeah. And so I, I had assumed that that's what the Bumblebee story was going to be then, the, this new movie, but it is not. So they did a really, really good job with this. I really, really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I really only went and took it seriously because of the ratings that it had been getting online. Yeah, that's what drew my interest of it. I haven't, I don't know if I've seen a Transformers since the third one because they, you know, Shia LaBeouf wasn't in it anymore. They went with Marky, Marky Mark direction and they just weren't really that good of movies. And I really liked the Transformers growing up. They're some of my favorite toys and I like the animations and cartoons and the, the original like 19, I think 89 was the year it came out movie where they more or less reboot everything and got the new characters coming in. I really liked that movie, like growing up, huge Transformers fan. And mostly this movie franchise has been a disappointment to me. So it's weird to me to hear that there's actually a good one out right now. Yeah. Like from four on, it just became kind of a joke. I don't remember big chunks of the fourth one. 
the fifth one was yeah, just laughably bad. Now on, on on the note of continuity though, they have completely thrown the continuity of this entire show or this entire movie franchise out the window. Like they have drifted into the territory of X Men where they just do not give a fig about what happened when relative to these other movies. I was wondering about that. So this is this related to the original series or is this a standalone they're starting with a new timeline? That is not clear because nothing is clear. So like I said, they they take great pains in the fifth one to imply that Bumblebee has been on Earth since World War One. And then in this one, they are very clear to illustrate that he arrived on Earth for the first time in 1987. Hmm. Then there's a scene where he's talking to Optimus and he tells Optimus his name is Bumblebee for the first time because for the rest of the movie, Optimus refers to him by like a a call number, like B199 or something. And so you're left sitting like, and that scene takes place on Earth. And so you're left with like, when does this take place? By the time they come to Earth in the first movie, they already know his name is Bumblebee. So does Optimus come to Earth, then leave, and then come back again later? It's a mess. But besides the continuity, this this movie was really good. Everybody was good in it. Uh, Haley Steinfeld was uh, a, a lot of fun. And John Cena, as always, was a lot of fun. Yeah, so continuity-wise, I hope they just reset and this is just a new series. I think that would be their best option, and I'm wondering if that's maybe the direction they're going with how they've designed Optimus Prime because he's in his more uh, his more traditional look than how they did him for the original series. And then moving on to cast, I was really surprised to see John Cena was in this after we talked about how much we love him in Blockers last <laughs> week. Yeah, he was great. Like, I would really hope this was just kind of like a soft reboot that would be very nice because the way they left the end of five was just absolutely ridiculous. They, they essentially say at the end of the fifth one that earth was Unicron the entire time. And so now they have to fight planet earth. Weird. Well, it's good to see that they've, they're going in a different direction. Who, who's the main bad guy in this one? Is it Megatron? Uh, no, it's, I don't know their names. It's like two random Decepticons that have tracked Bumblebee to Earth, and so he has to fight them. But the beginning has like five to six really incredible moments. So the the beginning of this movie opens with like the battle for Cybertron. And so it's, I mean, it's all green screen and shiny and lens flare, but it was awesome. It was so much fun to see nothing but the Transformers just beating the crap out of each other on this world that's also a Transformer. And, like, just very, very fun. Like, I would not mind seeing, like, a Battle for Cybertron movie, even though it would have to be, like, 100% green screen. Yeah. I mean, I will say, the thing about the Transformers movies are they always did look pretty cool. And the the best parts of them were when the robots were fighting. <laughs> Yeah, they, they all look cool for sure. It's everything else that was the problem. But this this is the first one in a long time that left me saying, like, I would not mind more of this. What is the main story of this one? Is it just Bumblebee trying to get back to Cybertron, or is there something more to it? 
He's like a scout Optimus. They they decide that they're going to lose the battle for Cybertron, and so Optimus sends Bumblebee to Earth to kind of as like an advanced guard to secure it, and he's going to go get all the other Autobots and send them to Earth later. So it's kind of a prequel to the original, but yeah, like I said, the timeline's a mess. So yeah. it's just it's just about Bumblebee trying to stay hidden from the two Decepticons that have tracked him to Earth, and then he has to confront them eventually. Oh, cool. And then he like you you show it, it shows how he loses his ability to speak because he talks in the beginning. Oh, that's that's my other question: is does he just talk with the radio? So there is some continuity. Then he does lose his ability to talk. <laughs> yeah, he does have an actual like speaking voice in the beginning, and then it gets ripped out pretty pretty early one of the first fights and so then yeah he becomes Haley steinfield's volkswagen bug and so she teaches him how to use the radio to to speak and they become friends and so yeah it, it really is just it's a it's a cool movie it's a lot more fun than the the previous ones just as like shiny looking but it's got a much better story the other thing i was happy to see is that they go back to his original vw bug look instead of being a camaro or mustang or whatever he was in the the other ones i think it makes more sense because bumblebee was kind of like a nerd or not even a nerd but he was bumblebee in the cartoons was not a cool transformer (laughs) (laughs) yeah now he like he he upgrades at the end he's he scans like an old like 80s camaro but uh yeah, for the vast, vast majority of this movie, he's a, a Volkswagen. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I'll say is is just on stats, it made $97 million domestically since it came out. It made $290 million globally. So, it's, I mean, it's not up in Aquaman's bracket, but it's still doing pretty well. The Rotten Tomatoes is up at 93%, which is the kind of score that got me to the movie in the first place. I think that's a bit high, but it's not, it's not like crazy i would probably put it around like 80 85 so overall not about transformers movie hard yeah. to believe i'm seeing that in 2019 it's shocking right i know yeah. all right guys next we're going to be talking about some movies that we have seen over our christmas break just because we had such a long time and i finally caught up on some movies and I'm assuming you were able to as well, right, Christian? Yeah, yeah, we can we can knock these out rapid fire here. All right, so the first one I saw is I ended up watching Fletch, which is an old Chevy Chase movie. Um, I found it surprisingly funny. He's an investigative reporter. He's trying to investigate. I, someone asked him to help him kill themselves. And I could, you know, it's, you can, it's Chevy Chase in his prime. It's why people used to really love him. And I think if you have not had a chance to see Chevy Chase recently, because he's had a lot of issues with getting cast, uh, especially after community, uh, I would definitely check it out because he is, he is funny. Yeah. I'd never even heard of this one. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look into it. Yep. Uh, Next one I watch is, I saw Logan Lucky finally. I really have been wanting to see this for a while, and I love this movie. It's about two hicks from West Virginia essentially robbing a NASCAR race uh, during robbing the vault uh, during a NASCAR race. Uh, I, I wish I had seen this earlier in theaters. I, I generally did not think I like Adam Driver, but I really enjoyed him in this. He plays in either Iraqi or Afghanistan war uh, amputee veteran. 
and him and his brother are great at it. Chang Tan plays the other character. The ca- the casting in this and the acting is phenomenal. Daniel Craig is a character in this. I could not place him till the end when I decided to look it up. And overall, love this movie. Love that West Virginia gets some representation. Uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, I love this movie. It was it was for me like it was one of like the surprises of 2017. I it, this is something I came up and watched on like a Monday night just because I had nothing else going on. I'm like, man, eh, Logan Lucky. I'll I'll get see what this is all about. And I laughed pretty consistently the whole way through. I was blown away. Yeah, it's funny when they're in there with Daniel Craig explaining how he's going to blow up a vault with gummy bears. Oh my god, them explaining <laughs> chemistry and stuff to each other. I thought that part was great. Yeah, it was it was a surprise, and it has a, a an even bigger cast than just the ones that you named. Like it has Katie Holmes, uh, Seth MacFarlane is in it for a little while. The the Winter Soldier, uh, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan is is in it as kind of like a a bit part. So yeah, it was it was full of these surprise faces, and it was shockingly funny. I would definitely recommend this to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, I agree. The next one I saw is a Christmas movie. We're past it, but I'm probably not going to remember to talk about this next year. It's a Netflix original called The Christmas Chronicles. It stars Kurt Russell as Santa, who is by far the best part of this movie. The rest of the movie is pretty standard. These kids, uh, one's a teenager, one's younger. Their dad died. They end up spending Christmas Eve together because their mom's out working. They try to catch a video of Santa Claus, and in doing so, they end up you know, crashing Santa's sleigh, and they have to help him save Christmas or whatever. The parts with just the kids really bad, but Kurt Russell is amazing as Santa, and I think he salvaged this movie. I I don't know if I would suggest actually watching this movie, but if you have to, Kurt Russell is very good at it. And it. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit like on Christmas Day with my my cousins that were in, and they had just watched it I think the night before, and they they also said they really liked it. It's been on my list of, of things to to get through. I, I didn't have internet at my house for a little while, so I was uh, I was not really streaming much of anything in December. But now that I've got it back, I'm going to be diving back in. Yeah, well, Kurt Russell's good. Like I said, the rest though, I, I think it's kind of boring. I think it's long. <laughs> they have these, <laughs> they have these elves in it, which I only think they included to try and rival like the popularity of the minions. <laughs> But overall, Kurt Russell's cool in it. Uh, the next one I saw is I finally get to see Mortal Engines. And like you, I think it's a fun movie. I definitely had total like young adult portions that I, I was watching. I was like, uh, I don't know how much I like this. <laughs> like, they had, the, I forget the one character's name, but the lady in red who knew martial arts and stuff. And then they go to the flying city in the clouds and stuff. Like, all that part felt very young adult novel to me. And then, like, the robot, who I thought was still pretty cool. But overall, fun movie. Glad I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it was definitely a, a theater kind of movie. The The scale of it and the, the graphics, I think it was it would have been best enjoyed in, in a, on a big screen. Yep. I finally saw Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Overall, I think it was pretty, pretty much of a, like, a meh movie for me. Like, it was okay. It seems like they're trying to force the fun of like hunting the beast in the original movie into the more into like a more serious, darker tone about Grindelwald wanting to subjugate the rest of the human race who weren't magic. And I, I don't think totally it totally. I felt like it felt off for most of the 
the the movie and generally i thought some parts were kind of dumb like in england right now or is just use the death curse on at, you know on anyone they don't try and capture them or anything like that which <laughs> seems odd to me i guess i never thought about it but it's called an unforgivable curse for a reason or forbidden for curse or whatever my two biggest issues are I think they should have had 100% more Dan Fogler. He was my favorite character and by far the funniest character in the first one. And then the second issue with it is they totally assassinated the character of Queenie. And I, I don't think for any real reason other, to, other than to create conflict. And both of those characters could not have been in this movie and it would not have made a difference. <laughs> I was less okay with the, the very end reveal. Oh, yeah, that's it's like hard because we don't want to spoil it. But with ending with Koreans, I had to go online because I thought I had completely forgotten a Harry Potter character. And no, it was just made up for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're shoehorning a little bit. Yeah, that was my main my main issue. There's I feel like they're getting like a Star Wars prequel syndrome where they're just trying to like shove bits of the original in for just nostalgia's sake instead of trying to write a good story. Yeah, that's why I like the first one so much is because it was more or less a standalone movie. You didn't really you didn't need to bring Credence back. Like why why did he come back? They don't explain how he survived this thing that was supposed to kill him. Nothing was explained. I, I don't know. The second one I thought was just I, I really like the first one. The second one it, it's fine, but I just think some of it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think they thought through this that well. Yeah, I really like Ezra Miller. I was, I mean, I was happy to see him in this because I do like him as an actor. I, honest to God, did think that he died in the first one. I did not realize that he had survived. And maybe maybe you just don't know because I haven't seen the original in, in probably a year or two, so I don't remember it super, super well. I did end up, I think I like this one more than the original just because it was like a darker story. But yeah, I, I definitely did have issues with some of the, the, the their choices yeah i guess one last thing i'll point out is is nagini going to be a good character for this part this 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 trilogy and then join voldemort later on like i don't understand oh, yeah. motivations either <laughs> very unclear yeah i don't know i i've heard that there were supposed to be five of them i've also heard that there's supposed to be four so we've got at least two or three more movies to to wrap these characters up so who knows maybe they'll make some some good choices with them and the the sins of this movie will be absolved but yeah where it stands now there are a lot of weird loose ends that i I don't really know how they're gonna wrap up yeah um what about you what what are some that you have seen over the over the past couple weeks well the, the, the two big ones were obviously aquaman and bumblebee which we've talked about i also watched vice which is a uh, documentary. Well, not a doc. It's a uh, a biopic of Dick Cheney's life, uh, former pre- former vice president Dick Cheney, and it was really really good. The director was Adam McKay, uh, who did The Big Short, which was also a very good movie. If anybody hasn't seen The Big Short, and he uses a lot of the same actors, he seems to be a director that likes who he works with. So Dick Cheney is played by Christian Bale, who is completely unrecognizable. He transforms into this character. And then you've got supporting roles. 
George W. Bush is played by Sam Rockwell, who also disappears into his role. When they first announced that's who was playing Bush, I was kind of like, eh. Then I saw the first preview, and I was like, oh, no, this is perfect. He he was perfect for that role. Donald Rumsfeld is played by Steve Carell. Dick Cheney's wife is played by Amy Adams. Like, everyone deserves awards for this movie. It was really, really well-directed, and it was perfectly acted. But uh, not Amy Adams. I don't like Amy Adams. Uh, So is this... So when I saw this, I thought it was a weird movie that they're making uh, by choice of subject. Is this like a Dick Cheney redemption story? Because generally, I don't think he's looked at that well in the public, unless maybe you're really into, you're a very, very strong conservative. But generally, I feel like most people don't like Dick Cheney. Oh, no, it is not a Dick Cheney redemption story. Okay, so it's more lampooning him. Yeah, so it's it's nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes, and they're all in the cat- comedy category, which isn't quite right. It's not really a comedy. There are funny moments. I, like, I think a lot of it is just built around the pure absurdity of situations that these people got themselves into and got the country into. But it's not really a comedy. It's more of a drama, and it's it's more of a biopic. And I'm, they they say outright in the like the opening title card that they're guessing on some of these things because Cheney's a very private person, mm-hmm. but they, they seem to do a good job extrapolating the really, my only complaint about it was for like a two or three minute period in the middle. Yeah, Amy Adams and Christian Bale were both. I, I, now I don't know much Shakespeare. It's entirely possible. They were, I think they were quoting maybe a fellow, but yeah, they were laying in bed talking to each other and it was full Shakespearean dialogue, which was an odd choice. Yeah. Weird. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I would definitely say watch this movie if if you still can. I don't know how long it's going to be around for. I learned a lot. I might have to go check this out on uh, Five Dollar Tuesday. And the only other movie I watched over the holiday that we didn't get a chance to cover in a regular episode was Holmes and Watson, which I talked briefly about last week as my number one worst movie of 2018 because it was cover to cover, top to bottom garbage. So did you laugh at all during it? <laughs> there is a literal single moment. And it is in the last scene of the movie, or one of the very last scenes of the movie. Definitely not worth watching this entire movie for that one. Go watch something else at the movie theater, then find out when Holmes and Watson ends and duck in for like the last five minutes. Okay. Good advice. All right, guys, finally, we're going to give you our review of the Spyro Reignited trilogy. I beat this a little while ago, and we talked about it on our last episode, but I just wanted to do a little bit more of a deep dive on it so I can rate it and tell you guys what I think of it. Uh, Overall, I really enjoyed all three of these games, and if I had to rank them, uh, I think I like Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage of the Best, followed by the first game, and then followed by the third game. I know you're only partway through two, Christian, but you've also played the original trilogy, What's your ranking of them? I would probably go one, three, two. Okay. So we're pretty much almost exactly the opposite then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I like the first one just because I remembered it the most, like playing through. I I'm part of the way through Ripto's Rage now, the second one. And it's, it's surprising me how little I remember of this one. I think it's, I I must've played the first and the third, the most, I guess. And, And the second one just kind of fell by the wayside. 
Yeah, I think the first one would have been my favorite in this trilogy had the flight sequences in that one been slightly more mm-hmm. forgiving. That one killed it for me, and I think that's why I elevated two because overall I think they're all very similar, but I think two had the best balance of flight mechanics uh, because you just had to, you know, you, you had to d- destroy so many objects in a set amount of time, and then the only other thing you had to do was find one uh, one challenge orb which is generally pretty easy to do the third one i hated the races that they made you do and then in the first one it was just such a tight window that it, it was more frustrating than i think it should have been so i think that's what dropped it out of my number one but what i really liked about number one was it was a everything was self-contained in each world in yes. the first game so like you could 100 percent a level when you first got to it in the second game it was a little more annoying where you had to go back one or two times when you unlocked the ability to like ground smash or things like that. And then in the third one, you had to wait till you unlock more characters and it was even more of a, is I thought it was even more annoying to go back and play multiple levels. Granted, they make it very easy. You can just go to the levels. You just hit start and then you can go directly to the level. You don't have to fly to the world, then to the level. But I like, I really liked in the first one, just being able to hundred percent a level the first time through. Yeah, I was just talking to my friend James about that. I was saying, like, you, you start a level in the first game, and if, if you look, you can know what the trophy that you're aiming for is, and you can know what, like, the skill point, if there is one for that level that you're aiming for is, and you can just knock it out in one go, with the exception of the, the flying levels. I had to go back and get the, the trophies on a second run. But, yeah, you, you could absolutely 100% them, and that's, that's already started to irritate me a little bit in, in the second one. Now, when when do you skateboard? Is that is in, at all in the second one, or is that just in the third one? Because I love the skateboarding ones. That's just the third one. Okay. Yeah, I don't really remember the races that you're talking about. I, I have a vague recollection, but I'm I'm sure I'll remember when I get to them. Yeah. So in the second one, they start introducing mini games, which I thought were a little annoying. I liked in the first one that you just found either the dragon eggs or the dragons. The second one, you have to find. Um, you're collecting these these green gems or green orbs or something like that and they started introducing some mini games in the third one they fully introduced i think more mini games that includes like the skateboarding and stuff which you say you're a fan of i wasn't actually that much of a fan of it i thought it controlled weird and i thought it was kind of annoying but i mean it was, it was fine you got it's easy enough to get but i was not a fan as much of the mini games um and the races in the third one are during a flying level you have to like race from sixth place to first place or something around laps. And I just thought they were kind of weird. I, I did not enjoy them. Uh, I more, I really like the core concept of just running around collecting gems. And the more they got away from that, the less I liked the game, I think. Yeah. Um, now the, the third one is the one where they introduce like the other characters that you can control, right? Like you get the penguin and the kangaroo. Yes. And so I don't know if it's because I played the third one and I was just kind of getting fatigued of Spyro at that point because I've been playing it for almost a month straight off and on. Um, but the other characters move slower than Spyro. And it <laughs> kind of annoyed me because I like run it, you know, you're to a certain speed and then you get like the Yeti and he's so lumbering. <laughs> I forgot about the Yeti. Um, I didn't really like the bosses in three, even though I think they're the most fleshed out of them. I thought two did the best job with bosses uh, and then the first, actually, I, I think the first game did the worst job of bosses. They're more puzzles than bosses. You just had to run into them once. 
the third game had better bosses than them, but I think the second game did the best with uh with their bosses. And overall, I think the best improvement of life feature is being able to locate orbs with your Firefly Sparks. That is a lifesaver if you miss one. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah, and uh, the third one has the Sparks minigames, doesn't it? Where yeah, he the- goes down into, like, the anthills. Yeah, those ones are actually pretty fun. Oh, I remember hating those. Maybe I'll like them better the second time around. But, yeah, I remember hating those when I was a kid. Yeah, they're not they're not that bad. If you can beat the flight on the first one, you can definitely definitely do the Agent Sparks uh, mini games on this one. Uh, All right, good. They're they're like their own level. They're not too bad. There's only like one like you have boss fights in them and stuff. And as long as you can get a power up, they're they're not bad. Um, overall, I think I would rate this trilogy a high like a high B. Uh, I I definitely would suggest picking it up as I think the games are really enjoyable, but for like giving a game an A to me, that means it's one of the best games of this generation, and I just don't know if it's there. I just think it's a really enjoyable game that you should check out if you have the chance to. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a much more casual play than than like a lot of video games out there now. Yeah. And finally, me and Christian are going to let you guys know about the biggest games we're looking forward to in 2019. Now, 2019 seems to be releasing a lot of huge games. The, the normal ones you get, there's going to be some new Far Cries and stuff. But I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but are there any games in 2019 you're really looking forward to, Christian? Well, I mean, obviously there's the big one that comes out in 23 days, Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. <laughs> uh, beyond that, I, I saw that they're doing a, a remaster for the fourth Crash Bandicoot, Crash Team Racing, which is like a uh, – it was like a cheap money grab off of Mario Kart, essentially, with Crash Bandicoot characters. But I remember liking it as a kid, and so I'd, I'll probably be into it. Yeah, uh, Game Wars 3 definitely on, on my list as well. We talked, we've talked about it at ad nauseum on prior episodes, so I'm not going to go there because I'm sure once it comes out, we'll talk about it again. I never played Crash Team Racing, but I know people have a lot of fond memories of it because it was essentially the PlayStation's answer to Mario Kart, and it was supposed to be pretty good from what I've heard, so that seems pretty cool. Uh, the other big games I'm really looking forward to, there's a Switch game, the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe comes out, I think, on January 19th. I, I'm pretty sure it's just the port of the new Super Mario Brothers U from the Wii U, but I really like that game, so I'm looking forward to playing it again. Uh, also, Devil May Cry 5 is coming out. Now, I haven't played Devil May Cry series since Devil May Cry 3, but I really like them. Dante was one of my favorite video game characters from the PS2 era, so I'm excited to check out his new game. Anthem's being released They're from the group uh, BioWare, uh, who did the Mass Effect games and those, so I'm really interested to see how that turns out. I'm hoping it's good. And then, like you said, Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out in 23 days, I guess. So some, some big games coming out that look pretty sweet. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, as I've said, not been big in the video game community in the past few years. Now that I have my PS4, I'm kind of dedicated to getting back into it. So my, my list of games I'm looking forward will probably grow as the year goes on, and, and I get more into like the community. But I, yeah, I looked over the list that you sent me, and I was like, I don't know anything about any of these. Yeah, I mean, you've actually hit a sweet spot though. When you now that you have your PlayStation, like. There's so there's what five years behind the PlayStation now, and there are some classics on here. 
So if there's ever like a dry period, you can just go back and pick up an amazing game for probably discount price. I mean, the PlayStation has some really good games. So, you know, if you're not interested in something, just wait till reviews and play something that, you know, you know is going to be good. Yeah. And finally, we're going to play our Amazon review game. As a quick recap, I'm going to read a five-star Amazon review to Christian, and he's going to get two guesses to try and guess what it is, and then he can have me read a second review. You'll get two more questions for yes-no questions, two more yes-or-no questions, and then he can get one final review, and he has to guess what the movie is. Are you ready, Christian? Let's boogie. What else can I say about this movie that hasn't already been said? This movie is a timeless classic that still holds up to this day, no matter how many times I watch it. Today's cinema is brimmed with CGI that, as time passes, becomes outdated and loses its luster. But this movie is a perfect mix of subtle CGI and animatronics, even in its infancy, and has stood the test of time even after 25 plus years. The director brought a beautiful world to life with many beloved characters and many iconic moments in this film. I love this movie as I grew up and I still love it to this day. A true timeless classic that everyone should have in their movie collection. Hmm. There were some good clues in there. Is this a Steven Spielberg movie? Yes. Does this movie feature dinosaurs? Yes. Is it the original Jurassic Park? It is. Man, you got there quick. It, when you said animatronic, I was going back and forth between Jurassic Park and Jaws. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think. Yeah, because, I mean, animatronics were the major things back in the day. Yeah. Practical effects, man. Like, this was just on TV, uh, like, two or three weeks ago. I was watching with my nephew, and he was like, it looks good. And I was like, yeah, man, this movie came out so long ago, and it still does look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, CGI is good and all, but, like, you do lose something with practical effects. I mean, you saw it in... uh like the the new Force Awakens movie that they started using practical effects again instead of just CGI, and it I think it looks so much better than the prequels did. Yeah, agreed. My uh, my favorite one that I think I saw was the first Independence Day because we we don't talk about the second Independence Day ever. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they they built tiny models of like New York and Los Angeles and they put them on their sides and then lit fire underneath them. And that's how they made the fireball wave look like it was moving horizontally. Really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's videos on YouTube of it. It was, it's really, really cool looking. They put like gasoline or something at the bottom and then lit it and the big fireball just went up. But the, since the city was sideways, it looked like it was moving horizontally. Hmm, That's awesome. All right, guys, thanks for checking out our episode. Before we head out, Christian, what are you checking out this week? I'm checking out Morocco. I'm going to be on vacation for about 12 days, so I'm going to be overseas. I'm not going to have much time to do anything movie-wise, but I'm sure I'll be reading some books on the plane. So I, I should have a couple stories at least to review when I get back. Cool. Well, have a good trip. Uh, this week, or I guess for the next couple weeks, I'm – I've been watching Gravity Falls, which is awesome, and I'm probably going to continue watching that. I highly suggest it if you haven't seen it and you like cartoons. I am hoping to finish off Spider-Man. I'm about 70% of the way through the story and the trophies, so I should be getting that done uh, in the next couple days. 
And then I just have a backlog of games. I'm probably going to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey or something like that. I also picked up Near Automata, which is supposed to be awesome. So I'm going to be checking those out. Um, otherwise, not much else. Cool. All right, guys. So as Christian said, he's going to be out of town uh, for a little bit. So we won't be uploading an episode for the next two weeks. So check us out uh, more towards the end of January. and We'll be getting our 21st episode up. But if you have a suggestion for our Amazon review game, you can either contact us at Gambots Network on Twitter or we are gambots.blog at gmail.com if you want to send an email. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you.